Welcome back, everybody, to the newest episode of penpodcast.com. I'm your host, Matt Harms, founder of Pen for Hire, where we offer premier ghostwriting and author coaching services. Also, the creators of the Pen Podcast, where we sit with authors, writers, writing industry professionals, subject matter experts, and all around interesting people who can help us in our writing journey. And today, I have the pleasure of being joined by Simon Bailey. How are you, Simon? I'm great. Good to be with you. It is fantastic to have you here. I'm very excited to um, to have this conversation about your work, your books, and the, and how you help people. Awesome. Where um, where are you joining us from? Orlando, Florida. Very nice. Oh, I'm jealous. <laughs> but I'm from Buffalo, New York. I'd rather be in Florida than uh, Buffalo. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm from. I'm from the Bronx, currently live in Westchester, and yeah, I, I would happily be in Florida. <laughs> does a lot for the creative process, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, something to be said for not having 10 feet of snow outside your house to spark creativity. I have shoveled many driveways, and I'm good. <laughs> I got it. So, Simon, how long have you been writing? What got you into writing? Oh my goodness, I've been writing for about the last 30 years. Uh, and I think what really got me into it is I was working for Disney. I left Disney, put out my shingle saying I'm a speaker and I had no book. And I realized that anybody that was legitimately speaking and giving any advice, they had a book. <laughs> and so I started writing and from there. So I, I've got to ask, cause this is something that comes up often on the show. But when did you realize this, that if you wanted to really get your name out there as a speaker, you needed a book? Was this early on in your writing career or it took a little time? I think as I really started to look at really experts out in my field, I said, oh my goodness, they have something that they have put to paper. It legitimizes what they're saying. And if I'm going to have any longevity, I've got to do the same. So that's when it hit me. When it's good that you figured it out sooner than most. I have a lot of folks now who are just coming to the realization post COVID that opportunities are fewer and the requirements or the barrier to entry is much higher. Yeah, totally. Totally. I just finished a draft of my 11th book and uh, it'll be 20 years of me specifically since I left Disney doing this work. And I said, okay. <laughs> and it still feels like day one. So you know what? I want to pick up on the importance since you've been doing this work. Do me a favor and elaborate on that for everybody. What work are you doing? So every single day we wake up to hug people with our words. We do that through speaking, writing, and coaching. Hug people with our words. Yeah, that's I... something that we're just known for. That's the thread through everything we do. Hug people with our words. People know that's how I roll. That's who I am. That's how we show up in the world. I mean, I, as a word person with our motto being words are weapons, wield them wisely, love that you are hugging people with your words. Yes. Yes. Right. And choosing to make them weapons of good. Yes. And our world needs it right now. Yeah, it really does. And I noticed that the, the title of our episode is Ignite the Power of Women in Your Life. That's also Ignite the Power of Women is your website. So are you specifically focused on out, certain outcomes for women or, or tell me a little bit more? It's such a great question. So it's Ignite the Power of Women in Your Life, a guide for men. So it is a book written to men as to the things women want them to know. 
And if men really embrace them, it could take their relationship with women to another level. And it was really born out of my failure. I was married for 25 years and my daughter came into my home office one day. I was just totally disconnected, emotionally unavailable. And her mother said to me, you give everybody the best of you, but you give us the rest of you. And I don't want the leftovers anymore. So Matt, when I realized I had built a house, but lost a home, I was chasing money, but had no meaning. And I was pursuing power, but had no purpose because I had settled for success instead of significance. And, and so that was my wake up call. So I said, you know what? I don't want guys to have to go through what I went through. I think I could probably save guys about $100,000 and not go through divorce. So that's, that's the book, Ignite the Power of Women in Your Life, A Guide for Men. Wow. So is this the newest book or was this the one that when no, this is the newest book just released a few months ago. This the, this new one that I just mentioned will be out later on. But uh, yeah, this one just came out. You know, I, I definitely, I don't want to just dive into only one book since you have <laughs> such a substantial body of work. But I, I think, I mean, clearly you, words are your thing. I, I'm there with you. I wrote down the, you know, the give everyone the best, but you're giving your, you're leaving the rest for your family and you settled for success instead of significance. And I think, I know personally and in the lives of a lot of my clients that it's so easy to fall into that trap, right? Because you think everyone want everyone, they need you for the money. They keep you around for this. And we're kind of programmed as a society to believe that you're not significant unless you're successful. Exactly. Exactly. And where it really tripped me up, I wrote my first book after selling it out of the back of my trunk over 18 months, sold 17,000 copies of the book, just hustling it, self-published book. And I went to speak at an event and thought I'd you know, pitch it to publishers. I got 13 rejection letters from publishers in New York and California. And as chance would have it, because I was about to give up, speaking at a conference, a lady said to me, she said, hey, do you know Hudson News? I'm like, Hudson, like at the airport? She's like, yeah, you need to get connected with them. Well, fast forwarding, Hudson introduced me to HarperCollins and HarperCollins ended up giving me a deal after battling out with a few other publishers. And I'll never forget Joe Testatori at the time was the senior VP of Harper Business. And he said, so, you know, the book Winning by Jack Welch? I said, yes. He said, that's our book. And we want your book, Release Your Brilliance, to be a part of your fold. So a uh, part of their fold. He says, so you want to be a best-selling author? And I said, I would really like to be an effective author. And if I'm effective, I'll be best-selling. And he said, we've never had that answer before. <laughs> but so so that that's a success story. But here's where I missed the boat. Harper gave me almost a six-figure advance for that book. And I was out pumping the book, pumping the book, selling it. But Matt, I lost my family in the process. So what's the trade-off, right? I got the book and it was translated in other languages. Woohoo! But I lost my family. And so, you know, it's a wake-up call. Wow. I mean, I don't even know which part of what you just said is more powerful. So I'm gonna start with the thing that I wrote down, and then we can we can probably continue a little bit on where you ended off, but rejection is just a part of life, right? Oh. I mean. There's nothing that you're going to be accepted for every single time. Even Tom Brady's won six Super Bowls, seven Super Bowls, whatever it is. He's not going to win a hockey championship. Probably not even going to make the team. And you went from, I don't know if that's a great analogy or not, but 13 rejections from a, you know, a major convention. And now 
the exact opposite outcome of being involved in a bidding war for who is going to give you the most money. I mean, that. Yeah. Yeah. That's every writer's dream, right? That's what you want. And then you get it. But at what price? At what cost? What what really matters? You know. Thank you for listening to the penpodcast.com produced by Pen for Hire. One of the best things about independent publishing is that anyone can publish a book. But one of the worst things about independent publishing is that anyone can publish a book. Don't fall into the trap of trying to master the process on your own for the first time and think you can compete with authors who have already figured it all out. Let us help you put out the best possible book. Visit our website at www.penforhirenyc.com to get your free consultation today. And now back to the interview. So looking back in retrospect, do you think there is a way you could have kept both? Absolutely. Number one, if I went to therapy. Number two, if I followed through on what I learned at therapy. And then number three, take ownership of my unfinished business. Because one of the therapists uh, said to me, whatever you don't deal with will eventually deal with you. And I realized I wasn't willing to deal with anything because I had a big ego edging greatness out. And my ego got in my way. It, it, it was out front instead of coming from a place of humility and service and care for what's really most important, that's family. Wow. So you paid one of the highest prices you can pay. And I would imagine that that emotion and intensity shines through now in everything you do, because that's really the greatest joy a book can give people is saving them from making one of the most <laughs> difficult mistakes of their life, right? It's real for me. I'm 54 now, and there's probably more days behind me than in front of me. So I realize I got to just show up and be real. Like, put the truth out here. No filter. It's just straight up. I love that. I tell people all the time, especially my clients, no, no one wants to hear your rose-colored version of anything because everyone else is trying to do that. If someone's going to get anything out of your message, they have to be able to relate to you yes. as the messenger. Yes. Yes, totally. And what I've learned in writing you write to speak and you speak to write. Writing has allowed me to become a better speaker because in speaking, well, certainly in writing, you got to cut out all the pooch, all the fillers. You got to like get to the point in a very concise manner. You have to find a way to take a sentence and allow it to Velcro itself to the heart of the reader. And when you Velcro it to them, it's just done in a tight way. So you show up on stage and you get right to the point. So true. And there's, there's such a nuance too, between how we speak and how we write. Yes. Right. Totally. Totally. And figuring out how to take the content in your book and deliver it verbally is like reverse engineering, taking what you're saying and turning it into writing. Yes. <laughs> and it's a constant process. Totally. Yes. I, I mean, there are very few people who, at least in my esteem that I've met, are excellent speakers and excellent writers. Usually they're one or the other. It takes years, much like you've invested, to really know that difference and figure out how they can live side by side without yes. 
using the wrong one in the wrong place. Yes. <laughs> no, no, I get it. And fortunately, and I love speaking. It's like a, it's like breathing air to me. But with writing, one of the books I wrote, it went through 10 rewrites. So yes, it's true. You write to rewrite three title changes. But what I realized, I needed to shift. I needed to evolve. And I was trying to hold on to that first draft. And by the time two years later, I wasn't the same person. And so I had to rewrite to really get it to where it needed to be. It, it was that ego getting in your way, right? Like, no, this is perfect the way it is. I'm not changing. I don't care what anyone says. You see the theme, Matt? There's a theme. <laughs> Insert, I, bless my heart. <laughs> I may not have come as far as you, but I, I definitely have some of the same struggles and had to realize that it doesn't matter how much I like what I wrote. If no one else reads it or relates to it, I have wasted a ton of my time and effort. Yeah. Sure, it's nice to say, hey, I'm a published author. I've got a book. Yes. But what value are you adding if you're taking it from the mindset of, well, I only care if I like it? Exactly. Exactly. So I want, I want to backtrack a little bit because I'm curious from a progression standpoint, the, um, the book that went to HarperCollins, was that your first book? That was my first. That, actually, it's my second book. My, but it was my first big nationally published book with one of the big six. Okay. So your first kind of exposure to the success in the writing world comes at a bittersweet cost. Yes. How did you feel about continuing to write after that? Writing for me then became therapeutic because I was able to write from my heart instead of my head. And, and so when I begin to write from that deeper place of reflection and understanding and taking off the mask and just being raw, real without playing the victim, if you can hear me, because there's a little nuance in that. And, and really being able to say, here's the lesson learned. And I want to come alongside as a guide, not to tell you, not to point the finger in your face, but to basically say, here's where I failed. And here's a conversation I want to invite you into. So the more I began to write, the more I was releasing everything that I had been suppressing and carrying. How long after this did it take you to get the second book out? It took me, actually it took me about five years. About five years. Now, was that, yeah. was that five years a period of trying to figure out what the next book was going to be about or just getting through everything that was going on and writing the book that you knew you had to write next? So here's what you'll love. The next book, well, actually, I had released it as a self-published book, the follow-up book, but the title was The Bujade Moment. Now, Bujade is the opposite of Deja, Deja vu. vu, right? So, but if you think about it, the average public would not get what's Bujade. So as a part of going through the writing process, the publisher that acquired the rights to that second book said, why don't you call it shift your brilliance? Because it'll be the follow-up to release your brilliance. And he said, because you have shifted over the last five years, it is like, duh, there it is right there. Shift your brilliance. And could it be that shift stands for see how I fit tomorrow, today, shift. So yeah, I had to shift in here and in here in order to write it for to be truly meaningful. Wow. That, and it's just always 
kind of serendipitous to me how sometimes these inspirations come from the most random places. Okay. And at the most random times, just when you think you've like, I, I, there's nothing else I can do here. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. So the over the overall theme of the other books. So it is talk to me about that. Is everything built around releasing and shifting brilliance or have you yeah, kind so of I've developed been, other niches within the. I have. So after shift your brilliance, I wrote releasing leadership brilliance. That was for educators. And I co-authored that book with an amazing woman, Dr. Marcita Riley, who's an educator. And that book was niched in the education space. Then from there, I wrote a book called Be the Spark because I was kind of in this brilliance vortex. And I said, okay, let's build on this. And so I wrote Be the Spark because I believe when you find your spark, you find your joy. When you find your joy, you find your freedom. And when you find your freedom, you find that voice to show up. So then <laughs> out of Be the Spark came uh, Ignite the Power of Women in Your Life and then a few other titles. And then the latest book that I have just uh, worked on the fourth draft, I'm finally letting it go. And uh, yeah, so it's just, it's been fun. It, uh, for me, writing now has moved from therapy to joy, to truly joy. So when I say hugging people with your words, it's just going to sound a little crazy because I've learned how to hug myself first and allow the energy to come through my words of how I've been working and growing. That is so powerful. I, and I think I've had this conversation with at least three of my last four guests on how important it is to take care of yourself first, right? Because it doesn't matter how, how big the problem you're solving is, how well you know how to solve it. If you haven't solved it in your own life, right? Even if you like, you know what to do, you're just not doing it. Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. can't really convey that properly. Mm -hmm. Totally. Oh my goodness! So when actually, let me different question. Let me not ask that one yet. Of all the books that have come out, have they all been with the same publisher, or have you jumped around a bit? I jumped around to two, uh, probably about two different publishers. And then I decided to create my own publishing company because after doing this for a while, you kind of learn the, the tricks of the trade. And here's the crazy thing, Matt, because I kind of grew past the ego thing, I had I didn't have anything to prove, you know, because uh, I think at one time, I want to be a New York Times bestseller in Wall Street Journal, USA Today. Those are like the targets, right? And now I just want to help the neighbor next door get up the road. And if nobody buys the book, I'm okay. Because, you know, Mother Teresa has a quote, it's not about how many people you serve. It's about serving one person really well. And so that's where I'm at in my writing. If I could serve one person really well, that could be my mom. I'm good. <laughs> that is, it's reminding me of Oh my goodness, I don't want to butcher this, but it's an expression about success and wealth. But if you love what you do, the money will come. Or if you love what you do, the success will come. Yeah. And I think there's I, too many people out there constantly trying to think about what they can write or who they can write something for so that they can get that New York Times bestseller status. What do I have to do with my book launch to hit an Amazon bestseller when? Really, you and I both know that 
that's still, even if you hit one of those bestsellers, you're lucky if you're making five figures in royalties, probably low five figures. Yeah. There's the pale, like that's not what it's about. Is it nice, you know, to get some mailbox money? Sure. But the mailbox money comes when you're serving other people. That's it. That Matt, you hit the nail on the head. The day you stop chasing list and money, all of a sudden you wake up, it is about serving humanity. That's it. That's it. Thank you for listening to the penpodcast.com, produced by Pen for Hire. Sometimes writing a book can be the easy part. Taking those raw word processor documents and turning them into visually appealing pages that are compliant with independent publishing standards can be a daunting task. Don't trust your finished product to just anybody. Visit our website at www.penforhirenyc.com to get your free consultation today. And now back to the interview. Oh my goodness. I love it. So the new book, you're letting it go, fourth revision. What's the next topic you got bouncing around in your head? So it is all about how do we serve humanity and the inspiration behind this book. I don't know if you remember a book years ago called Who Moved My Cheese? And uh, they introduced uh, four characters who were chasing the cheese, him and Haw, Snip and Scurry. So when I read that book, I was like, it's so powerful. It's, it's written by Dr. Spencer Johnson. So I said, what if we can help humanity think through how they show up in a fresh way? So it's stretching me as a writer because I've never written a parable uh, type of book. So I, I came up with characters and a story and I just I've worked on it probably for the last nine months. Uh, and so finally, I got some feedback. Uh, from an editor that I've worked with, a new editor actually, and he really stretched me and he's a licensed uh, clinical therapist. So he added the whole psychological aspect by asking me questions that were deep questions that I began to write. So it's all about how do we, how do we impact humanity in just a powerful way. And I, I love that you went the parable road, a very good friend of the show. You might know him, but John David Mann, who wrote The Go-Giver. Yeah, so I, I've never met him, but Bob Berg is a friend of mine. So, yeah. <laughs> I have, John's been on my show three times and all because I reached out. I found Bob first and he was like, I don't do that public talking stuff. Talk to John. Wow. Wow. And I was deeply like The Go-Giver is still one of my favorite books. It's just so short, sweet to the point, And the story is told in such a brilliant way that I think, you know, for you, shifting into a different way of delivering your message will be huge because that gave me a whole different way of looking at books that you can tell powerful stories or give powerful messages through a story. Mm -hmm. you know, since then, I've listened to Patrick Lencioni. I think he does a great job of doing the same similar things by just laying out a parable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's it. It's powerful storytelling and I've never gone there before, but it stretched me, you know, cause I'm used to like, okay, it's gotta be pithy and you gotta say it this way. And I was like, let's just do a pure story. It's really simple. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the fact that you kind of unintentionally wound up getting input and enhancement from your other folks out there just show that that idea was on the right track and the universe is giving you what you need to push it forward? Yes, absolutely. 
I love it. I love it. Um, Simon, this, this has been incredible. Uh, we do have some time left, but I do, I want to give you an opportunity to discuss um, your website, Ignite the Power of Women and what you have going on there. So when you go to ignitethepowerofwomen.com, there is a free one-year success plan that you can implement on how do you really upgrade and think in a fresh way of taking care of the important uh, women in your life, uh, from your mother to your sisters, to your spouse, to your girlfriend, to your nieces. And so, yeah, it's right there for you. Love it. Um, I put it in the chat box. <clears throat> so anyone, I mean, a year plan for free, kind of unheard of, do going to be the link will live in perpetuity on our Facebook and our YouTube. Um, I'm going to have to head over there myself and download it because rumor is I could probably use some help in those departments. <laughs> we all can. Trust me. I'm a work in progress as well. <laughs> the first step, though, is what? Recognizing that you have work to do. Absolutely. So now, quick question to you also, because you mentioned earlier everything that you do and you said coaching. Do you coach people individually and privately as well on these types of subjects where someone is like, I got that whole year planner, but I'm just never going to keep myself accountable? Great question. We're going to launch a community to do exactly that, where I will show up and really help people uh, think about what they're learning. That is incredible. And it's needed because I tell you, I give, I give everything away too. I give people a book playing checklist. I give them a detailed tool on how you can write the book yourself, right? Like literally they don't need me, but there is always still that, well, they, we still need each other, right? You still want to be there with the person who's done it, the person who put it together. Everyone needs a little, some people need a little bit more than others. Some people a little bit less. So some are like, Maybe Simon, I need you to do this for me or be with me every step of the way. Others, just that, that community to pop in and say, here's where my struggle is this week. What do you advise? Exactly. Yes. Incredible. Oh my goodness. And do you, just so I can let people know, do you know roughly when the new book is coming out and what the title is going to be, or should we circle back with you for an update? You know what? You have to circle back with me for an update. And that's a nice way to be back on your show, like Bob Burke. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely yeah, i always find uh especially it'll be the summer though yeah okay fantastic yeah when that's close to getting launched let me know we'll definitely get you back on i really enjoyed this conversation and i'm sure anyone who's listening got some value out of it so hopefully they have a chance to go and either get your planner read some of your work between now and the launch but I, I know we have recurring listeners who would love to get some more of seeing your story unfold. Thank you. It has been my pleasure. So for everyone listening at home, you just spent this time with Matt Harms of Pen for Hire and Simon Bailey. Head over to ignitethepowerofwomen.com, download Simon's free planner, head over to Amazon, pick up any one of his 11 titles. If you like them, pick up the rest, but definitely always appreciate when you support our guests and keep an eye on the Penn Podcast website for updates on when Simon will be joining us again. Simon, I thank you again so much for taking the time out today to be here. Thank you. It was an absolute pleasure.